So. Talk Recorded live. All right. So, so basically, it was it was my fault there. But um, uh, as I was saying, these guys they never put anything into this document that gives us anything um, that helps us to um, um, to ensure that we have these quote virtuous rulers or righteous leaders, you know, which uh-huh. everybody back then seemed to acknowledge that it was going to require virtuous leaders. Well, I've said it before. It doesn't matter whether you've got a theocracy, uh, a constitutional republic, a democracy, or a parliamentary uh, system or whatever system of government you're going to have, whatever it is, you have to have virtuous leaders. So the quintessential question always has to be, what are we going to write into our document that assures the posterity as well as ourselves that the greatest possible outcome of virtuous leaders is going to be in there? There's no religious test in the document. There's no other requirement uh, other than impeachment in times of good beha- uh, in times of bad behavior. It says, "Well, impeachment is so seldom used and uh, and not done for really any purposes other than a complete violation of of." the duty under the under the document itself that it still means that you can have very corrupt leaders and very corrupt principles making legislation constantly for you which you're required to abide by so where's where's that principle that's going to be in the document that's going to safeguard that you have the best possible leaders and there is not. Well, unless consider the Second Amendment. Well, <clears throat> and we could go back to what you expressed starting out here was what has been expressed about the Declaration of Independence, indicating that whenever a government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Well, as you said, where's the mechanism for altering or abolishing? Is the only mechanism at the end of the barrel of a gun? That's and what it, it looks like. Yeah. And, it, um, I, I mean, I mean uh, this thing about Hillary really bugs me because the sailor guy took a picture of a torpedo boat and got thrown in jail for a year. Are you aware of that story? Yeah. And yet she has done committed high crimes and treason, and she's continually allowed to preach her gospel as if she's done absolutely nothing wrong. She's held up as an icon to all these young children. She's no different than Al Capone. And yet, this administration continues 
to do absolutely nothing about it. And it's not just her. It's the whole institution of the CIA, the FBI, the IRS. They're all corrupt to the hilt. And he's done nothing, in my opinion, to alter or abolish or change any of that. Where yeah. am I wrong? No, no, you you're not. And and that's the that's the problem that uh I think we're all wrestling with is that in many respects you recall the chance from the audiences for this person who we now have elected over us, uh Donald Trump, and the chance were lock her up. And uh-huh. And the reason that was so is because of what you're, you know, you're lamenting as well, that why does this individual continue to talk as if she's got no criminality or anything else? And the fact of the matter is, is we all know that it exists and it's there. And your question now is, why hasn't this administration done anything about it? And, and again, I think it's endemic of the system. And the system is that they learned back in the time of Watergate that <clears throat> that what can happen to them politically. And so as a result, they are so fearful of stepping into this quagmire because the next time one of their guys steps off the deep end, there will be no holding back, and once again, they will be 40 years in the wilderness. And so this is one of these things which is just endemic in the in the system and pervasive uh, by those that are, you know, the leaders in it, that they do not want to tackle these issues and take them on because of the fear of what the long-term effect will be under this, under this free elective system, I guess. And they should be learning that under this free elective system that the people will rally to to uh, to the signs of of corruption and fraud and and so forth and will will rally to have justice be be done. But they seem to not be willing to get that picture from the last election. So, <clears throat> you know, here's a here's an oath that was required um, to be a citizen of a colony in the 1600s. And I quote, I do by God's providence and inhabitant and free man within the jurisdiction of this commonwealth do freely acknowledge myself subject to the government thereof and therefore do swear by the good, great, and dreadful name of the ever-living God that I will be true and faithful to the same and will accordingly yield assistance and support thereunto with my person and estate wherein with equity I am bound and will also truly endeavor to maintain and preserve all the liberties and privileges thereof submitting myself to the wholesome laws and orders made and established by the same, and further that I will not plot or practice any evil against it or consent to any that shall so do in time of such discovery will reveal the same to lawful, to lawful, 
faith. Um, I don't know if I missed a word there. Now here established for the speedy preservation thereof, moreover I do solemnly bind myself in the sight of God that when I shall be called to give my voice touching any matter of this state in which I should deal, I will give my vote and suffrage as I should judge in my own conscience uh, may best conduce and contend for the public weal of the body without respect for person or favor of any man, so help me God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that that oath is not a perfect oath. I can see plenty of issues with it, but it does contain the maledictory uh, part of it, which says in the sight of God that he will solemnly, you know, uh, uh, that when he's called as to touching any matter, he will exercise it in accordance um, with the the right conscience. Um, That was just one of them. I have a, another one of them uh, from the pre, uh, might be the preamble to the 1639. Um, but but what is your point? Well, so my point is is that our document has has nothing in it right. that that conveys how we are to secure that we have these righteous and virtuous rulers. And just as you said, it is it is requiring now multiple sums of money. Um, well, you win that argument, Doug. Right. Yeah, you don't you don't have any argument with it. No, I don't. Uh it's a flawed document and I think it's fake. And this is a fake nation and I, if 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 ever there was a case for sedition, Hillary and Obama did it. But we have absolutely no charges filed, so that tells me it's all fake. Yeah, in that sense, it's not sincere, is it? Oh. Well, and this is this I was thirty years ago when we found out that the Constitution called for gold and silver coin as a payment and tender of debt on the state level as a check and balance against a fiat currency such as we have today. And at that point, you know, I recognized it was fake. Uh Um, But I never, in my mind, you know, decided that, okay, how am I going to deal with this I I then began to do what most of us do initially, and that is to say, hey, this is wrong. And the only way we're going to get it stopped is that if we stand up and say, hey, you can't do this. And if you will stop doing this, state, you will put the federal back in the box. But nobody's you know, willing to hear you do that, and your argument falls flat because it's fake. It just took another 20 years to to watch and see and figure out how fake it really is and experience it more and more and more. And 
we try to change it by elections and we're we're incapable of making those changes by the elections. We we can't even get 20 good men to come together and discuss spiritual things. Yeah. We can't get 10. We can't get 5. Fact is, we're lucky if three gets on. Or, and and I'm not saying okay, quit. That's not what I'm saying. I I think maybe I'm saying the same reason you had your broadcast. There's got to be a solution. I don't know what it is yet. And so, hopefully, we're in pursuit of that. Would you agree? Are you hearing him, Jeremiah? Yes. What did he say? Because I didn't hear it. It was all garbled. Isn't it? Well, I have him. Russell, you still there? Yes. I didn't hear anything. It was all garbled. Sorry. Uh, what did you hear last? Still garbled. Is it on my end? Um, it's fine for me somewhat. I mean, say say again, Russell. What I you said? I said, what did you hear last from me? Uh, well, you were talking about. You're saying that we shouldn't stop trying, but well, I said, and the broadcast I used to do. Yeah, a solution is out there. I'm just not sure what it is, or or how to implement it. But I we I'm not quitting. Well. I just don't know what uh, – do we have an example to look at throughout history of anybody getting it right ever? Um, you mean a, a government body or a system? Yeah, of, a group well, of people. Well, I guess we could say different kings that we see biblical record, uh, King David, uh, King Hezekiah. Um, For a period of time. What's that? For a period of time, it seems like they had some success, doesn't it? Right, right. But as the individual succeeds and increase goes up, it seems like his brain decreases. Uh, Yeah, I mean, even in Samuel's day and so forth, you know, it was those that seceded or were about to secede, um, you know, where problems were already evident. And uh-huh. so, so again, as I say, the founders and, and certainly the framers of the Constitution, as all of the writers about them seem to convey their quotes and their written uh, uh, documents concerning them, they were all very well apprised and aware of the 
the situation that would develop, which is, um, you know, corrupt rulers. So it seems to me that the, the quintessential question of the day in the, in the time of the drafting of the Constitution, having that understanding and that knowledge, as we here sit here today also, you have to have something in the document which lays out the basis of the kind of person and, and the character and the quality that that person should be. And if that person does not, you know, any longer uh, fill that capacity of that requirement, then he's no longer fit. And for those reasons, then they should be removed. But there's nothing in these documents to do that. So you said, well, you're not arguing with that. And, uh, and, uh, so, you know, I think it will – go ahead. Um, it's it's almost as if we have to come up with a plan <clears throat> to get through the mud, to just uh, – to, to navigate through the crap because the crap's not going away. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it takes to get a people to a point. When we look back to the colonial period, we see that a one percent tax on tea. But as I said, it wasn't the 1% tax on tea that got the people then. What got them was the principle that if you could be told by the king or via the parliament that you had to buy a product from a certain place, they knew that that would ultimately lead to abject uh, servitude. So that mm-hmm. will coupled with the 1% tea tax was already enough to them in their mind that they were not interested in entertaining the principle, which is that you can tell somebody where they're going to have to, you know, buy a product from, which Mm -hmm. means um, no matter what your income, no matter what your ability to buy this, this certain product, um, if it's a product that you either desire or want or need and you have to buy it from a certain place, you're in bondage. You're in, you're in servitude. And uh, so we look at our situation today and we find that we've got so much that slowly has been added upon us. We don't know any other life other than the life that we currently have and most of the people in America, you know, just like your friend, the fellow you 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 talk to quite frequently, you no matter what you say to him, America is still the best best place in the world to live. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if that's true or not because I have never lived in the other places, nor have I studied their laws or anything else. That's an obvious intellectual answer to that question. Unintellectual. 
Now, intellectually, honestly, you'd have to say, I don't know. Unless, of course, you've lived everywhere on the planet. Right. Well, let me let me tell you what happened to us today. My daughter, Sevi, here a while back was in a car wreck. And she's, as we all know, she's going to have to pay some money to the king for that. And so she was told to write to Austin and get a record of her driving, to which uh, that's what she was told to do by the authorities. She received a letter back that said, we have no records for you. And um, so you really don't exist. At that point, she went back to the Department of Motor Vehicles and requested uh, what to do next because she told them that because she didn't have a Social Security number when she got her license, it was null and void. Now, what her license? Yeah, so she'd have to redo that. And in order to redo the license, she would have to have a Social Security card. She had a picture of it, she had it memorized, but that wouldn't do. Now, explain to me, Doug, how. If you have a Social Security number memorized and you have one of those little jicky cards that says Social Security number with a number on it, how is that different? Why would they throw her out because she didn't have that card? Explain that to me. The only thing I can come up with is to inflict pain on somebody because you know and I know that we've quoted that number many times in our lives without a card present. And in fact, very seldom is it ever asked for, isn't it? Right. But she has to go an additional 30 miles to and from because they won't accept a verbal number or even a picture of it on her phone. Now, what is the purpose of the number, okay? If if it was legitimate and, the, and she told them the number, they entered the database, right? Yeah. So what does the card have to do with getting in the database? I called the state representative and was told it it's tough for these state agencies because of all the fraud. It's a fraud issue. And I said, we haven't stopped any fraud. Who are we kidding? Nobody stopped any fraud with any of this. Have, have you heard of fraud being slowed down or stopped on uh, anything? It's it's ridiculous because the very number that they're requiring to be used is what is creating the fraud. Yeah, exactly. 
and and my state my state representative's assistant that was all he could do was belch out bull. Yeah. That's all they know. It's that's the all they know. To which you realize how fake this crap is. Just get involved. Which I don't really mean that to you, but I mean in general. Yeah. It's an eye opener. Uh, right, starting with your city, starting with your family. The dynamics of maneuvering through life in a Christian way is is uh, it's not a comfortable, easy ride. It requires careful and arduous and very difficult decisions. And um, I'm talking about perhaps the prodigal son's father. That was not easy for him to let him go. It, It could not have been easy. But in hindsight, he did exactly what needed to be done to that boy. And I think that kind of decision is what we are lacking in America. That kind of tough, tough call at the point of, of, you know, letting them go to the point of death. I mean, when that guy left the family, as far as the daddy daddy knew, he could have been heading for his death, couldn't he? And good good chance he was. But something that daddy taught the kids somewhere along the line uh, resonated in that mire and saved his life. How else do you get to where you're at, Doug, without going through what you went through? Yeah. We don't, we don't wish this on our kids, do we? No. Our children. But but how can we explain it to them? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's daunting from the standpoint that uh, uh, we there is so much conditioning out there, mm-hmm. and it has gone so far mm-hmm. that um, for us to try to share with them the the real results of it all and the need to to turn it back. Um, they of course look at it and and have to conclude. Well, how am I going to do that? I have to do what everybody else is doing in order to to forge ahead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And 
it's hard to watch children have to experience that and struggle with that because it's it's not easy. And it's, you know, I forget who it was that said, but there's a quote that I remember out there that is said, and maybe you could type a Google search in Jeremiah and get it for us quick, but basically it says that must we or we would be shackling the the cuffs around our children's ankles. Something to that effect. And I made that comment to Jeremiah the other day when we were talking. That, you know, I feel like in essence I'm taking shackles and I'm I'm putting them around my child's ankles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at every step of the way I see that that everything that's that's ahead is exactly that. It is literally the shackles around his feet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Savvy's no exception, you know, having to, uh, you know, go through this situation. Um, they're going to get her into the box now Mm-hmm. It's it's a new day, and a, a new set of laws and regulations have come down to to continue to put those who are outside the box in the box, and uh, it's all being done for the purposes of of safety and and uh, a fraud and, and all this and. It doesn't help anything. It's like this banker I was talking to. When I was talking to her, she literally started doing some research. And the next time I talked to her, she says, Doug, she said, I I have to tell you, I have looked at this law, and and she went back to Theodore Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And what she had read when it was enacted, and she said it was never intended to be used as this purpose. Now, I finally reached a banker, but, you know, is it any is it any solace for me? Because, <laughs> no, she goes back out there in her daily duties with all the rest of the people that come in doing exactly mm-hmm. what her masters have told her to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's, there's no comfort in the fact that I reached this woman other than, you know, just knowing that at least one more person has... It's, it's miserable. Well, one more person at least knows now and, you know, potentially in the future becomes that brush fire, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so we keep setting off these little you know, these little sparks in people's minds in the intention that, you know, later it will become a brush fire and it will actually consume the the rubble, you know. But, <clears throat> um, no, I, I hear your anguish about it. I don't even have to have details. It's, it's obvious what, what she's up against. And... And now she's got to get into the box, 
and be in the box. And the only thing I could suggest to her is that I would suggest that she claim her religious freedom to not be uh, a part of this social system because they've made exceptions and exclusions for certain religious organizations, but they won't make any exceptions or inclusions for the rest of us. And um, so she can stand on it and say that it violates her religious freedom. It violates her, not her freedom, her religious convictions that she is not to be numbered. Um, But do do you not see the discrimination for not having a card? Well, yeah, I get that, but even more so than just not having the card, I see that that to me that's that's kind of a diminutive argument because she's accepting and acknowledging that she has a number, so now they want the they want the physical card um simply because they are trying to coalesce two or more pieces of identification. So she has other options. She can say, well, what are the other options of identification? Is it a, is it a, uh, you know, a, a student card? Is it a, uh, uh, you know, is there any other form that's acceptable besides that? But well, let's let's go with a photograph of the card. Well, we can't accept that because it could be doctored, right? Well, yeah, okay. That would be there. Okay, but you can't doctor that little Mickey Mouse piece of what? I don't know how many ounces the paper is that it's printed on. Well, I, I don't. Have, I don't have any idea. I don't know what they've done in the recent past. But your, yours, and yours and mine, obviously, uh, we haven't pulled them out for you know. Uh, uh, well, they can, but they can't even control their currency, Doug. From fraud, so the argument that you need that physical presence of that card goes out the window. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yours and mine, our driver's license or whatever, you know, they're. I don't know if if it comes to a renewal or something. If but I, if, I mean, she had the driver's license in her hand. It became null and void when they discovered that she didn't have a record with the state in Austin of her driving record because she had received that driver's license without a social security card. So what they're saying is all we need to do is redo it again. You see the 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 stupidity in it? Or the fraud, or the well, maker. Actually, I think you've got it pretty good because she would be able to say, um, "No, you now are just." And maybe that was what you were trying to convey. Do you see the discrimination in it? She didn't have a number then, and she was not part of the state registry, even though she had a driver's license. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now. The state, I mean, essentially, 
you can see that she wasn't a part of the state's statistics. Uh-huh. Because she didn't have the number at the time. Right. So she actually has a good she's not she's not one of the state's people, if you will. She's outside. Exactly. And, and they're trying to bring her back inside. So I think she's got a good argument that she'd be able to but of course it's a fight to say, well, hey, you issued me a document, uh, you issued me a driver's license, and um, I've had a driver's license, mm-hmm. and you now are discriminating against me. But see, the the fact that she has the number, I don't think your argument goes anywhere because they apparently know that, and so yeah. now they want her to produce it as part of her uh, requirement to reissue the license. Uh-huh. Did, the, did the license expire? No. She was in an accident. Yeah. And, and so so what? They pulled up. She, I don't know why she was told to contact the state for her driving record. Who, who told her that? The uh, judge that's handling the case. Uh, well, actually, maybe that's uh, the prerequisite to take the driver's ed school to lower the to allegedly lower the fine. Okay. I think that's where that requirement comes from, which is kind of uh, kind of really strange, isn't it? Well, if I were her, I'd take that letter from the state saying they don't have a driver record or any record of anything for her, take that in before the judge, and carry on. Yeah. Well, you got to be a fighter, and you got to really understand. And these kids of mine, they're so worn down throughout their whole life, they're tired of fighting and they just want a normal, so-called normal life and I'm tired of trying to deal with them myself. So it's like you have to go get in it. That's the only way you're apparently going to understand God is to stumble. I mean, I wish it weren't so. I wish they could take what I'm telling them and apply it and have a smooth ride. But for some reason, that's not possible in mankind. I I guess you have to go through the mire. And if that's what you want, he'll serve it up when he does. Yeah. I don't want any (laughs) more. I've been through it before. So I understand some things better now than I used to. Not that I understand it all. And there's a lot more to be understood. But there has to be a way to do it. There just has to be. And do it right. 
and um, that's what I'm trying to find find out. Uh, Jeremiah is now how old? Sixteen. Sixteen. Uh, none of my children were, were. I mean, they they could drive if they wanted to. I mean, we'd start teaching them how to drive super under supervision out of necessity, and then they drove for years just. As I've been told, Dad, you have no idea what it's like. Are you going to be pulled over today or tomorrow? You know, they drove for years with no paperwork. And it caused them to be really good drivers. So what's wrong with that, Doug? No, nothing wrong with that. And, you know, that's that's the thing. Uh, It is. And and my oldest and his younger brother were pulled over in the Dallas Metroplex, thrown out of their automobile, put on the side of the road, all that. You know what they told me? We just we just prayed the whole time. And then they were told to get back in their car and have a nice day. Now what's wrong with that, Doug? No, they learned. No. They learned a valuable lesson, didn't they? Yeah. My older son and I were pulled over at midnight, coming from out of town. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat. I was told by the officer that I should be in jail for allowing this young man to drive without a license. He went back to his squad car. I told Zant to move over. We traded places. We prayed. And that policeman, as sure as my name's Russell King, came back up to that window and said, you guys look tired, go home and get some sleep. Now, we full well thought I, we were, I was, I was going to jail. Now, you can say, well, that's just a coincidence, can't you? Yeah. Let me tell you what happened today. I got with the roofer. The roofer said it was nonsense to take off some of the roof, so I said, leave it on then. I was told an inspector would come with a camera. I tried to clean some of it. Then I came to the point where I said, God, this is your deal. I can't. There's not enough hours in the day. If a guy wants to inspect this really good, he's going to see that I left some sheets on. While I'm at lunch, we get back. There's a message on on the recorder. Uh, check the roof, everything's fine. We're dispersing the funds available, the remainder of the funds. Now that, that's a miracle. Like, for me, 
Yeah, it's another thing you give thanks for because the Lord knows your needs. He knows the situation, and He knows your intentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, you put it all before Him to to correctly deal with, and nobody comes out. And or if they did, they never went on the roof, and they didn't care. And the funds would be. Oh. I mean, I don't. He said he got pictures. I seriously doubt it because you know how that governmental thing works. You know how these people operate. Yeah. And I just figured I'd get one that was by the book. And he might have been. I don't know. I wasn't there. I just got a message. Everything's fine. And that money that he's withholding from me was my money. Yep. But you understand that it's not really my money. It's our money. So that thing is paid off. And even then, that's the funny thing. Really, really sick and pathetic thing is, it's not mine then. They play a paper game, don't they, Doug? Yeah. Oh, you you own this house. Just make sure you pay the rent so that we'll have money to educate these poor, dumb, foolish kids so that we'll live in a civilized society. Do you feel like our society is any more civilized? Thanks to public school, they're doing just the opposite. It's like you said, the very reason we have no privacy is because of that social security number. It it, it absolutely is. It is the problem. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, as much as they keep trying to give us that and tell us that it, it you know it, these are important parts of of not being in the fraud, um, no, the fraud isn't occurring because of that. The fraud is occurring because because of everything that people do with their number and with their information that is so freely accessible, whether they're mm-hmm. storing it on a computer, whether it's being stored in another computer, every mm-hmm. time use that, you've put it at risk. And that number should never be used. In fact, some of the banks, uh, which was one of the things I shared with this banker, is that some of the banks are now requiring that no one utilizes the number. They may take the number when opening an account, but they no longer want that number used as far as signing into your account, um, they want you to create some other way in which if you call in, you know, and you're looking to access uh, assistance with your account or something, the banks now are requiring that you create some other pass key uh, to access other than that Social Security number. So some of the banks are actually recognizing that uh, I think one of those banks might have been, what's the one that's been getting all the flack here lately? Um, Fargo. Yeah, Fargo, yeah. 
And uh, I think they are one of the ones that are no longer using it. Um, but I don't know anything about that chain or anything else to really know what it's, uh, you know, good or bad or indifferent is, but I just happen to know that that seems to be one of the things that, I, in all the research I was trying to do, uh, uh-huh. this account opened up, you know, without it. Um, it, it was, you, you can't do anything on that Internet without signing in. Have you noticed Right, yeah. The little sign-in thing is the little data collector. Right. And that data has to be stored somewhere, even like like when we make an Amazon purchase. A lot of times we just buy one of these prepaid cards, and we will use that. And it stores that information unless you tell it not to store the information. You have to actually physically go on to the Amazon settings for your account and make sure that you deactivate the card that you just used to make the purchase. So um, that's, you know, a lot of these, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, you look at the very reporting, think of it this way. The whole credit reporting agency What that is was a private enterprise that said, hey, I'm going to collect and store data on people's payment histories. And and they were allowed to do that. And then Equifax gets, what, 100 million, uh, which is one-third of the entire nation, is is breached in that one single Equifax data breach. Uh-huh. And, and if the only thing on there was was your payment information for Russell King uh, in Odessa, Texas, uh-huh. what, what would really be harmed? What would really be the problem? The problem is, is because it contains other vital information that's private and confidential to you. So the mere fact that they are an agency that requires that information is another reason why it should not be utilized in the form and the manner that it's being used. And I don't know who or why or when anybody is going to create and and take the argument to the Supreme Court that this stupid number is causing so much problem throughout all of all of these interactions with everything that we do. And, you know, it just, so it's aggravating. You know, we can have a database that talks about how Russell pays his bills, but I can't have a database that talks about how tenants screw over landlords. And, and that it- and I can't keep that information or log that information so that no other landlord gets hurt by these rogue tenants. Well, but, how how about data on a person that has a propensity to commit crime or murder? Sure, exactly. We can't keep that, can we? Right. Well, they in many states now they have what's called a uh, I, we, they call it CCAP here. 
uh, I don't know exactly what that actually stands for, but uh, clerk of courts, something or other, something. And uh, so now you can access information about, you know, things like that on the clerk of court records. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we do do that. When we have somebody that applies for an apartment, we review the CCAP to see if they have any, you know, criminal record that is more than, than just a, a, you know, mere traffic violation or something to know whether we're dealing with somebody that we, you know, might want to avoid. Uh-huh. So, um, so, yeah. But, that's, but, but even that gets through the cracks, doesn't it? Well, Black. not not many. I mean, yeah, there's 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 certainly things that might not get on there. Well, for example, uh, You're this, this is this is this is one of the problems that answers your for example is that um, we'll have if you if you in a if if a, there's a landlord tenant situation for example, and it doesn't wind up in civil court or even if there was an actual filing, but it was settled, then that information is not part of the record. If it was settled before it ever went to the court, yes, there may be a civil action that shows up under Russell King, but I would not be able to see what the resolution was to that. It would, it would exist, but it's dead because nothing ever, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a dismissal on it, um, for lack of prosecution or whatever. So I would never know that Russell, you know, made an agreement with his landlord and uh, and Russell still is a scoundrel, but since that agreement was made, I don't know, and so therefore I rent to Russell and I've got the same scoundrel that, that the, the guy before me had and he's doing the same thing to me as he did to the guy before. So there's no database and that's how things slip through the cracks, if you will, when something gets settled. For example, also, if a, somebody makes a slip and fall uh, claim and then they settle before it actually goes through the court process, that generally is not recorded also. So we have no way of knowing that somebody is a candidate for a slip and fall with a previous landlord because they claimed a slip and fall and settled with a landlord or a landlord's insurance company and collected their $2,500 or $3,500 and whistled Dixie and now they're on to the next guy. I was just going to say, wouldn't it be interesting to know if this person had 20 or 30 prior slip and fall? Well, exactly. And I'm dealing with one of those situations right now. And we found out that this individual did have some prior incident with a construction company. So maybe it wasn't slip and fall, but in the prior one, he was an employee and claimed an injury a few weeks after starting. Yeah. So, so and you know, hurt yeah. Yeah, and, and you see the insurance company might might collect a little, little naughty list, but you and I would never know about it until this situation like this, why when I contacted our insurance company, uh, for the owners uh, to have them look into the situation and begin to prepare the, the legal case for the slip and fall, why 
I get a contact from the attorney that says, uh, by the way, um, uh, we have some information that indicates that uh, he may have done something similar with a with a former employer. And so it's like, okay, well, where's that little database at? You know, because huh? you and I would never know about it. So the insurance companies themselves are keeping their own little database, just like a credit reporting agency keeps a little database. Uh-huh. Uh, and so wouldn't you like to, you know, see that little database? Uh-huh. And now SEVI may go in that little database one day. Oh, yeah. Well, the the thing that really, really, is, you know, they're thinking I caused all these problems. And I did. You know? I really well, there's a remedy to what dad has caused. And the remedy is go down and get the number and get a new card and keep it in your possession and be a part of the the numbered system. Uh, uh-huh. that, that's the remedy. It's it's not any more complicated or that than that. And uh, no. and uh, you know, as, as you say, you hate to be the one to take them there and go put the shackle on them. If they're going to do it, you. You want them to go in eyes wide open, understanding what they're doing, uh-huh. and, and and try to explain. You know, the whole thing about the whole stupid social security number at all is just is just ridiculous. Because why mm-hmm. should anybody have to? It it's a law, as far as I know, which has never been amended or anything, that says that you have to have it. It says that there is no law that requires you to have a Social Security number. No, but the way they get around that is, but you can't be a part of society. Yes. As and, we know it. Right. And and you but can't that's go not, to a public school. You can't go to. You can't go to a junior college. You can't go uh, get a job. Because the employers are scared to death. You don't have a number. Oh, God, this is freaky. You're messed up in the head. Yeah, not only that, you're probably an illegal alien. Yeah, exactly. Although your skin is as white as the snow is. (laughs) Yeah, and, and so what they do is they look at that application and go, let's just avoid this one. It looks like a headache. You know? Yeah. We got a hundred other that are playing the game. Have you ever seen a movie called The Matrix? I haven't. No, I don't believe. Well, it would be who you watch that movie. I've heard the name. Because it's about ten years old, and I purposely avoided it because I'm not interested in science fiction so much. And that's what I thought it was. But it's not that at all. It's You've seen the movie called They Live, right? Um, With the sunglasses? No, I never really watched that either, but I, I've heard the name. I know what it okay. is. But, yeah. Well, there's similar movies. 
similar movies, but the point of the movies are is, is there's a way out. And then there's a life in. And once you find out that you're stuck in a matrix, then you begin to see. The blind begin to see once they realize that it's all fake. Jeremiah, is that the movie Greg told me to watch that was about 10 years old, too? What, Matrix? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I doubt it. I don't. I I can't remember which one he told me to watch now either. Well, I was encouraged to watch it, and I said, uh, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't understand it. Didn't want to understand it. But then I don't know if I saw it by accident or one of my kids brought it to me. But I watched it, and I thought, oh my gosh, these people know exactly what they're doing. To uh, Is this- is this a 1995, 1990, 99? So like 18 I don't years. Think it's that old. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, yeah, that's a, probably right. A man right, living, yeah. man living two lives. All I know is Keanu Reeves was the star in the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, it looks like. Amazon showing it. But the movie's about his struggle to get out of the Matrix. My wife does not like him in movies. She thinks he's a terrible actor. So she (laughs) he was just just perfect for that part. (laughs) He was supposed to come across as an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> a bumbling idiot, and he played it beautifully. Uh, and never recovered. <laughs> his his claim to fame in acting is, this is no joke. Whoa. That's Keanu Reeves' signature line. Whoa. Yeah, I think there was a movie that he played in with... Uh, oh with, uh, oh, what's her name? And he he was on a bus, and they spent an hour and 45 minutes driving a bus. and (laughs) She was ready to throw him off. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the stupidest things we'd ever ever sat and watched. (laughs) uh, We don't go to movies or anything, so it obviously was on TV as a, free movie on one of the me TV channels or something and uh, it's like man the guy is terrible yeah. all right so 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 that's that and uh, yeah we uh, you know let's flip over to Deuteronomy chapter one and try to put some sanity some of what we're saying and then we're going to take a look at at Habakkuk and I'm trying to remember which one it was in Habakkuk but uh, I think it might have been Habakkuk uh, chapter 1 
something, but we'll flip over there. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 1. And take you wise men, understanding and known among your tribes. I'm at verse 13. Doug. What? That's that's exactly where I went before you said a word. I was reading starting at thirteen in that in that something. Okay, continue. Take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And you answered me and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, and captains over fifty, captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. You shall not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid as the face of, at the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. So, there are those who make the argument that this chapter, and those verses specifically, and Exodus 20, we might as well go, this goes back to the council of Jethro as being the reason that we have this self uh, Exodus, Exodus 22. I'm sorry, I said 20. I believe it's 22. Um, maybe it's not Exodus 22. <coughs> Uh, Jethro's Council. Oh, 18, I think. It's 1822. Maybe that's, yeah, that's what it is. Chapter 18. And so this chapter here, uh, uh, Moses' father-in-law, chapter 18, verse 20, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people, able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, that every small matter they shall judge, so shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. All right. Now, this thing here, verse 23, I'm just going to throw out. It says, If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go unto their place in peace. Now, here about a week ago, I began to contemplate that particular verse to see whether I could actually confirm that God commanded him so. And in the little time that I had, I'm not sure that I have confirmed that that God commanded thee so. Um, I know uh, 
So anyhow, these two things, Deuteronomy and Exodus, are both areas where, you know, we supposedly get our representative self-government from. That's what a lot of people desire to claim. Okay, but wait a minute. Both of these scriptures tell us about judging, judging our brethren, judging amongst us righteous judgment. It does not say anything about legislating. It says that they should bring the matters to you and they should be judged. Uh-huh. So, in, in essence, this is not a self-representative government, but it's a self-judging government. Yeah. And, and that's not what we have today, is it? I mean... Maybe uh, that would be better. Well, this clearly would have been better. Because, you see, we've been told not to judge. Yeah. And, in fact, the commandment here is, in both of these, is that we were to judge the matters of the controversy between brothers. Well, is that not, is that, you know, if you and I have an issue and we can't seem to resolve it amongst ourselves, we go to the head of the tribe, and we say, we've got this controversy, and I say Russell's wrong, and Russell says I'm wrong, and here's the case for both of us. What are we missing? And then this wise person of the tribe is supposed to say, well, I don't think either one of you are missing anything. The problem is, is you're misapplying both Well, that's what I was- I'm just going to say, I looked up the word because this is an interesting word. The Latin word judic is supposed to be compound of just, which means law or right, and decio to pronounce. So, what we were supposed to do is pronounce right from wrong. Right? Which, which word did you look up? Judge. Uh, from which Deuteronomy or Exodus? I just looked up the word judge in the okay in the Noah Webster. Right, and 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 judge righteously is what's in Deuteronomy, and um, I have a footnote there on that, which is uh, now listen uh, to this. Go ahead. This definition to compare facts or ideas and perceive their agreement or disagreement and thus to distinguish truth from falsehood. Now, isn't that a beautiful concept? Absolutely. And that's what we're commanded to do daily in our lives. Exactly. And these idiots say the Bible says don't judge. What an idiotic statement. It says just the opposite. Use this book to judge. Use this as a a way to make sure you separate truth from false. You know, here's some hamburger helper. That, That really upsets me when people tell me that. Thou shalt not. Bible tells you not to judge. 
What kind of Bible do you have if it tells you that? So what do you say to them when they tell you that? I say this. I say to judge is to think, and God never told you not to think. It's a process of thinking. Well, and, why, well, why not just tell them John chapter 7, verse 24? Well, I guess I don't know it. Well, then that's the problem. We need to lower it. Re- recite it for me. Just as a way of clarification, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 7, or 13 through uh, uh, 17. In verse 16, it says, judge righteously. Okay, right next to judge is a footnote, and that footnote refers me to two uh, scriptures. The first one is um, um, this same chapter, chapter 16. I'm just looking for it here. Uh, 16:19. Oh no, that's not right. I've got the wrong. Uh, it's uh, quickly 16:18. Uh, and John 7.24, okay? So John 7.24 says, uh, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Okay. So, so Christ is warning us not to judge according to appearance, but to judge a righteous judgment. And Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18 says, Judges and officers shall make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God gives thee throughout all thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Now, this could be an example here of, I didn't think of this scripture here. Um, I'm trying to think if God is speaking in this particular, he tells us to observe the month of Abib. Um, I think this is all Moses' words. I'd have to go back to, uh, let's see. The Lord thy God shall cut off the head. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if this is... This is pretty much all Moses' words. I've gone back to nine, and I don't believe... It's all... All Moses' words. Anyhow, what I was thinking there is that perhaps this was God, uh, God speaking here um, and being reported to Moses, but uh, but it's not. So anyhow, um, that's that's you know that's about judging. Um, Judging righteous judgment. So if if we're if we're to understand Deuteronomy, uh, Christ was himself 
referring to the law when he said to judge righteous judgment. Well, my point is the act of judging is the act, is the essence of being. To be is to judge. Uh, you going to cross the street now or are you going to let the car go first? You see, in other words, if somebody tells you, the Bible tells you not to judge, well, that's like uh, somebody, remember it's always been said that the perfect condition of a slave is to have him convinced that he's free. Yeah. So if I can convince you that if you think you're sinning, I've got that battle won, don't I, Doug? Yep. So you've now become my idiot, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) So, anywho, uh, it's rolled around the 9 o'clock. Yes, it has already. And we've had some discourse. Well, let's put some matters in front of our Father for prayer. Heavenly Father, we do uh, thank you for the opportunity to come together in your name. Father, uh, we know that uh, Russell's family is dealing with things, that Sevy's dealing with some things, and Father, we just put them before you in prayer, and we say, Lord, let your righteousness prevail. Give these youth, the strength and the courage to to, uh, endure against those that have set the trap uh, for them. Father, in spite of all we try to do as parents to try to guide and direct and teach and show what is going on and what is happening, it doesn't make it any easier. And Father, we just need your divine guidance, your divine intervention in these children's lives to be able to uh, keep them guided under the principles of your foundation. And Father, it's not an easy task uh, in today's in today's world, but you ever told us that living in accordance with your will and your way was was necessarily easy. You just told us that that your your way is a lot less burdensome and your yoke is light. And Father, we don't often uh, are able to convey it properly to the children to show them how light your yoke really is. And yet, we take on the burdens of, of the life and the society that we're in in order to, I guess, be apart and feel unburdened. And Father, we just want them to stay grounded in your in your in your word and stay grounded in, in your foundation and that they will know and understand that the efforts that we do and the things we take pains to teach them about are, are for their good and that one day they will be more understood. So, Father, we do pray for Sebi's situation and that it, it be cleared up, Father, that you provide the path, the guidance, the direction in which she should go to resolve it in the interest of, of one of your people 
in the way that she was trained in the home. So, Father, let's we we expect it, we anticipate it, we anticipate the help and the assistance, and we look forward to a praise report for how you came together and you set your angels about to guide and direct and to plant the people in the positions that make this all come come through for her properly and that you're able to show once again your mighty hand in the, in the affairs here of those who love him and trust him and believe in him. So, Father, that's our prayer. So we continue to pray for those, your people all over, those that we've missed here at Fellowship. We pray for them, pray for their families. I know there's new additions to the families expected. And Father, we put those pregnancies before you. Thank you for giving them care and guidance and supervision in their uh, in their the bodies of their wives who are about to to bear children. So we ask it, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we give all thanks, praise, and glory to you. Amen. Amen. Excuse me. You're excused. Thank you, Doug. Y'all have a good night's sleep. And if you get any more of these profound thoughts, don't hesitate to contact me. All right. Sounds good, Russell. Right. Go ahead. Talk to you all, all right. later. Good, good night. night. Bye. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-